Hey guys, so my name is Maya Huber and I am the host of the podcast What Was Her Name and today I am actually going to be coming on doing a solo episode. It is going to be a short mini episode today and I'm going to be talking about cultivating your dreams. Uh, I think it's really easy not to dream. When we're kids, we daydream and really anything feels possible. And you're so young and the future feels so distant that you're able to envision something impractical compared to reality standards. And it's often praised as well as a kid, like to use your imagination and to dream up something. And then one day, like reality hits you like a ton of bricks, or in my case, it felt like a train. And the older that I got, the more impractical my dreams felt because I was mid smack in the middle of reality. And maybe you may be listening to this and you're like, yeah, I am currently sitting at my desk doing a job that I hate, or I am literally in the middle of a job that I studied four years for, and I don't know if this is actually what I should have studied. You know, like, who knows? Maybe you are living out your dream, and if you are, great. If you're not, same. All of that being said, I think the main question that I want to ask today, and I want you to ask yourself, is what exactly is causing you to feel like your dreams are impractical. What's causing you to settle for this life that you quote unquote did not dream of? And like, while I realize that there is a wisdom in practicality, I also think there can be a stagnancy in practicality too. If you're listening to this, you're probably multitasking while you stream this episode. Um, that's where I usually listen to my podcast episodes that I love to listen to is I'm, I'm doing something, I'm walking or I'm on my way to get, to get my, my kid. And, uh, there's a reason that I listen to those episodes. I click on an episode that I know I need to hear, you know, and I hope that you're listening to this for reason. And I believe that you're listening to this for purpose and you chose this episode on dreams on cultivating dreams because that speaks to you and I believe that it speaks to you like because inside of you and inside of every single one of us are dreams I know there are a lot of listeners who may not believe in God maybe at one point you did and now you don't maybe you never did and that's okay like I'm not here to force your salvation I say that all the time. I'm not here to, like, force your salvation. I am here to say that, you know, I do think that I can resonate with many who are not, like, following God and who aren't in the church because, like, I, for a good majority of college, like, I didn't follow any type of like morals or values like I was not a Christian and I was living my life like pretty recklessly to be honest and I was really hurting and a lot of pain and seeking you know a lot of my fulfillment in relationships and in you know numbing myself with substance like drinking and I always came to this point, though, where I wasn't actually gratified. And I think there's a lot of people here who are listening to this and who don't feel gratified. And that's because, like, there's no longevity in whatever you're trying to fill yourself with. And I only know that because I wasn't always following God, like I mentioned. And I know what life is like without Him. And everything was temporary. That intoxication from alcohol, you know, was temporary. The high of a hit of weed was temporary. Like, the pleasure from uh, promiscuity, it was temporary. And the party or the bar always closed. Like, there was always this, like, temporary hit in gratification that left me, at the end of the night, always feeling empty. And left me feeling, frankly, quite hollow and... I know now, like, the reason was because, like, I'm a Christian, you guys know that, it's no secret, like, 
what created me, what I believe created me and you is God. And like what created me sustains me. And like when I returned back to God, I watched my life transform before my very eyes. And something that I don't think I ever really say often is like that who I was prior to God is very different than who I am now. And people who knew me in college and then saw me, you know, posting online that I was on a Christian missionary trip didn't even recognize me because I went from this girl who partied four to five times a week and who was sleeping around to this, like, girl who was living overseas trekking the villages of Nepal, sharing the gospel, living like radically for the kingdom. And my dreams changed. Like when I started following God, I changed when I started following God. And like prior to being a Christian, I wanted to have, I wanted to have like a career. That was like something that was really important to me. And I think, like, having a career is great. I'm all for it. Um, But I found a lot of my identity in, you know, having a degree. And I watched my mom struggle as a single mom. So I vowed to myself that I will never struggle as a single mom. And, you know, here I am. (laughs) I'm currently, like, I'm literally currently sitting in my childhood bedroom um, recording an episode on on my bed. Like, and my son sleeping in the room next to me, you know, and it's just like, it's wild, because it's like, I would have never seen that coming, and like, my dreams back then were all in this, like, worldly materialism of, like, I'm, I'm never going to be a single mom, I'm going to, like, have, like, a really good career, and make a lot of money, and I'm gonna have, like, a big house, and a husband, and, like, tons of kids, and, like, that's my life, and, like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that life. What's wrong with that picture is that I found my worth and my value in that and thought that to not have that meant that I wasn't good enough or that I wasn't worthy enough and frankly viewed my childhood like in that same mindset. And, you know, once I became a Christian, like I gave my life to God and was baptized and then literally weeks later like I like I uh dropped out of college I called my mom and I was like I'm gonna move to Hawaii and I'm gonna be a missionary and she was like good luck like we're not helping you with anything like I am not going to support this and it was tough because like you know my family didn't support the decision that I was making and uh who wouldn't like want to support a like a 19 year old girl to move to Hawaii and be a missionary like what you know um that's like total sarcasm but um okay also I'm just gonna say this like I'm definitely scatterbrained because it's like 9 48 at night and here's the thing I have all of these guests lined up and because of the nature of what we're talking about and you know, the people who are working in fields such as, like, therapy and um, lawyers. Like, it's difficult to get people to commit long-term, and I've seen a lot of people who have, like, made the decision to, like, not come on the podcast because of the season that they're in currently, or they've postponed for another week, and I've had this episode actually, like, kind of in my, like, backup And I already recorded it, um, but I didn't feel confident releasing it because, like, I want to make sure that everything that I share is, like, when I publish it, like, without a doubt, I'm like, no, this is, like, meant to be in this space. And it matters to me, like, what you guys hear. It matters to me, like, what I share and, like, I really have a big heart for this particular season because I want, like, each of you to walk away from this and 
for you to be impacted and for you to walk away feeling like equipped and encouraged. And so just bear with me right now as I'm a little, um, I have like nighttime brain on and I should already be in bed sleeping because I just, I gotta record this episode. And so that's why I'm like kind of maybe all over the map. Maybe not. Maybe you don't even realize. Um, But all of that being said, like, I flew on a plane to Hawaii with like $20 in my bank account. I have this picture in Hawaii where I actually have this like $20 bill and a bunk bed. And I think that's my room. And that's like all the money I have to my name. And I I didn't have anybody to help me, like nobody. I like worked a job since I was like 14 years old. Like I don't have someone to call if like things fall through. And I remember just praying and being like, okay, God, like, if this is you, like, if this is your will for me, like, you have to, like, follow through. You have to come through for me here because I am here on a ledge. And he did. And, you know, like, I watched as God provided for me in such an amazing way. And I remember being in Nepal and, like, we were walking along the like lake in Nepal and just thinking like how did I get here like if you knew where I came from and now I'm here in Nepal like God is the best tour guide and I thought at that time like I had reached it like I was like this is my calling and my life's great you know and and I thought I'd be a missionary forever and I had planned to never go back to school and you know, do long-term missions and marry someone in the mission field and have little babies running around overseas somewhere as a missionary, you know, and, uh, and then I married my ex-husband who was also a missionary in that same organization. And it was like, my dream was coming true, you know, and I, I just, all I could picture was just us living overseas and having these little like kids running around on a property with, with, you know, Nepalese kids and like, you know, teaching them at a young age, all of this. And so, uh, my life, it flipped upside down. Like, I remember the stagnancy that came with being in that abusive marriage and my dreams, like, felt so within reach in one moment to, like, the next feeling like I couldn't even grasp or reach it. Like, it was not tangible. It was not there. And all of my dreams, all of my hopes like vanished. And I was so busy for so many years surviving to like even imagine or even allow myself to believe that there was a possibility to thrive again. And I feel like there's people who are listening to this who are like living out right now in their life like a certain scenario that they would have never imagined and in some ways have become like resentful of that because you feel like this wasn't how it was supposed to be this isn't how it's like supposed to look and you don't know how this happened or why you ended up here and you feel this like bitterness um this resent resentment and like I think that in each of our lives, like we're all going to have seasons where we are in valleys. There are those valleys where we can't really see beyond where we're walking. And sometimes it really is just like one step at a time. Like you don't have a headlamp. You like don't have that like lamp to like extend further to like allow you to see even further ahead of you. It's just like literally one step at a time. And I feel like there's people who are listening to this right now who feel like today is just like the one step is like maybe it's like getting out of bed or maybe it's going to work or maybe it's just like dropping your kid off at daycare Um, or maybe it's even bigger. You know, maybe the step is like um, filing that uh, that report or scheduling that that phone call with, uh, you know, an advocate. I don't know what that looks like, but I think a lot of us are just like in seasons where we're just doing one step at a time and like what does that step look like for you today to take that step um and like while 
there are those necessary seasons of life where we are taking it one step at a time. I feel like it's also really important to allow yourself to dream again. And I think it's painful to dream when you don't even have the hope to believe that your situation is temporary. And I think that's where like a lot of times we kind of get caught in this stagnancy and it's where the enemy really trips us up because like he wants nothing more than to rob our future and if we don't even believe that there is a future then he's already robbed it because we're not going to do anything to try to like create and cultivate our dreams and like there comes a point in the middle of a traumatic experience where like I think we kind of realize like nothing is getting nothing is getting better and the discouragement of realizing every day that things aren't changing and it feels agonizing and really difficult and it's like one step at a time and it's just like one step after one step after one step but you don't see where you're walking and like you're like am I just like walking in place like am am I even like moving and you kind of accept that someone muted you and paused your life And the longer and deeper and further that that goes on, the longer and deeper and further you feel from the dreams like you may have envisioned as a kid, whether or not your dreams have changed, you know, maybe you wanted to be a princess when you're a kid and like, hey, I'd love to be a princess today. But um, like, you know, maybe your dream is to be like a a teacher now, you know, like it may it may be different. But uh, thinking of yourself as like that little girl or little boy and like, what did that look like to imagine to imagine that kid dreaming and to just like be so in awe of like the opportunity of life and then to be now here you know in your 20s 30s 40s and you're like I missed it like I missed the train and like now I'm just gonna do like one step at a time and for me like I was in that season where like I just felt stagnant for you know around three years and when I left him I started to thaw out like I remember sitting at my childhood piano and I grieved as I allowed myself to sing again and like nothing came out but painful painful words like I used to love to write music when I was growing up and you know as I sat there at the piano that I grew up singing at, at, all I could sing about was pain. And then I would just sit there and play like day after day after day. And I was just trying to survive. And that was my one step was like sitting at the piano and singing. And I had no idea like what my future had in store. Like all I knew was that I had vowed to myself I would certainly never go back. Um, And I really had to deal with that grief. Like, I had to face it head on. Um, And I was not perfect at that. Like, it was really challenging to get to that point and allow myself to get to that point where I realized, like, like, this pain is not going to go anywhere unless I deal with it. Like, I can't stuff it under my bed because it, it is not healthy and, like, it is going to stay there. And that trauma is going to live in my body and to cultivate dreams to cultivate like a life for my kid like that's not going to happen with all this trauma just like stuffed under my bed and so that's what I did I I dealt with the grief and I faced it head on and the truth is like you have to grieve the life that you thought that you'd have and I think I did that for a season like grieving that you're not where you thought you'd be at the age that you are grieving the fact that like I was not going to be a long-term missionary with my ex-husband and we weren't going to have all these kids on the mission field but that like here I was a single mom sitting in my childhood home the very thing that I promised myself I would never be and I was and you know in grieving I think I was extending a compassion that I needed at the time and I think 
for you listening, like, what does that look like to grieve? What does it look like to extend compassion for yourself? Um, Because the truth is, like, in some shape or form, I think a majority of you listening, like, your life isn't necessarily the way that you imagined. Um, You know, this is obviously, like, a domestic abuse podcast, so I know that a good majority of people listening here have experienced it or have, you know, grown up in an abusive home or watched it within their family dynamics. And the truth is your life isn't the way you'd imagined. And like, there's a lot of women here who are fighting for safety or in the trenches of a custody battle or trudging through a minefield that is the trauma that you never anticipated that would affect your life, you know, as much as it does now that you're out and it feels endless and prolonged and so unnecessary but I just like have felt this like resurface over and over again no matter how many times I'm like this episode doesn't need to happen like I have like judges and like like ex-judges and like lawyers and like a doctor and like you know a police officer like I don't need to like sit here and do a solo episode but like it keeps resurfacing and I was like getting ready to go to bed tonight and I just like felt this tug and I'm like no I gotta sit here and record this episode again like I I need to say this like even if it's just for one person listening to this that like this isn't all there is for you and that particular sentence it it screams at me and I feel it really strongly for somebody listening, maybe many, like, but I want to just, like, reiterate this, that there is more for you, that this is not all that there is for you, um, and, you know, there's this verse in Jeremiah, uh, in the book of Jeremiah, it's Jeremiah 29 11, and it says, uh, essentially like that, God has good plans for you for a hope and a future. And I had been given this particular Bible verse when I was first becoming a Christian. And I remember taking this and kind of running with it and being like, God has nothing but good plans for me. And like, that is God, like just to have good plans and he's going to protect me from all the bad things. And I really had this perception of like what Christianity was and Oh, how was I disappointed when I ended up, you know, trapped in Europe in a marriage with an abusive man who was a Christian. And it really, I remember so many days I sat there and I would weep and cry out to God and be like, you know, this isn't good plans. This is not a hope in a future. Like God lied to me, you know, and he, he abandoned me I used to think that he like had abandoned me and to put a little bit of context through like in Jeremiah like what we're talking about um God is talking like to the exiled Jews and they didn't know or remember his thoughts of them and I find myself and you listening and I think there comes seasons where we may have forgotten the thoughts that God has about us or like maybe you weren't raised even being a Christian or anything and you don't even know really what God's think God thinks of you um or maybe you know the church really hurt that for you and they have had like weird views or judgmental ways of communicating that have really poisoned your view of the church I don't know what it is but these exiled Jews like they thought that God was like against them and they thought he intended evil for them but through the book of Jeremiah, like, God made sure that they knew his thoughts towards them were of peace, and in his heart and mind, he had a future, like, and a hope for them, and it says, you know, in Jeremiah 29, 11, God has a future and a hope, and I remember just feeling so angry when I'd pray during my marriage, and I'd violently, like, weep, and I'd just yell out to God, you know, like, this is not good, and this is a terrible future, and, like, There's literally no reason to hope. And I remember just thinking, like, there is nothing past my pain. Uh, But looking back now, four years later, like, God does have a future and a hope for my life. And I would never have imagined, you know, I picture myself 
behind that Brit that sorry behind that bed frame like kneeling beside the bed and I'm like weeping and thinking like there's no way out and then like to be here now in this space where you know what was her name is is helping so many abused women and um, my TikTok has blown up and there are thousands of women reaching out saying like this is my story like I went through this too or like you know this helped me to recognize I'm being abused and I left or like just the amount of freedom that has happened in survivors coming forward and leaving their stories on what was her name like it's powerful it's like really really powerful stuff and it's impacting people and like God used and is using every single drip of pain that I experienced and like I don't think that there's a single tear that is not being used for good and for his glory and I just feel like there's people here who feel a lot like these exile Jews like they just feel like God left them out you know in exile and they're like forgotten about and they don't feel like there is any sort of hope or future and I don't know I feel like there's people here who are feeling like God isn't protecting them because of all the pain and the suffering that they've experienced and I know what that feels like because I have felt like that. I have been in seasons, very dark seasons, where I felt like that. But speaking to you from a place where, like, I'm not even fully on the other side. Like, I'm not on. I'm not in the place where, like, I dream to be. Right? I have dreams. I've cultivated dreams, and I'm not there yet. Like, I'm still sitting in my childhood bedroom, in a home that, like, I, you know, left when I was 18. Uh, to go away to school and to build my own life and like I'm back here in this state that I swore I'd never live in again like it is not like I am just there I'm in the middle of a knee-deep custody battle with my abuser and I'm in debt to a lawyer like I mean man am I in a valley but I can sit here and I know that God has plans and he has a future and a hope for my life and Every time that Satan is like, nope, no future for you, nope, like, who's going to love you after abuse, nope, like, your kid is, like, going to get swallowed up by his father, like, nope, you know, like, I stomp on those words, and I'm like, no, God has a future and a hope for my life, he has good plans for me, like, God has more for me than this, like, I'm worthy and I'm valuable and God is going to use every single drip of this for his good and for his glory and I stomp and I stomp and I stomp day after day after day and I think there's people who are listening here right now who need to stomp about it in their life like what do you need to stomp about in your life what is the enemy saying to you where is that discouragement coming from where are your dreams feeling like hopeless and I need you to stomp about it and stomp about it and stomp about it in your life and it says you know that God has a future and a hope and I really believe that for not just my life but for you listening that he has a hope even when you're hurt that he has a future even when you feel like it's stagnant and like there's nothing ahead and you're just going step after step after step after step and it is the devil's deception to rob you of a sense of God's future or hope for your life like I will say that again, like it is the devil's deception to rob you of a sense of God's future or hope for your life. And I think one of the probably hardest parts to understand about this Bible verse that took me four years to get was that God had a special purpose in allowing the captivity of his people in Babylon and, and everything that happened passed through God's hands. And maybe you listen to that and you're like, nope, like if God allows for pain and suffering to pass through his hands, I want no part of that God. But like God gave us free will. Like he created us with this perfect intention, right? Like he created us to be in uh, a perfect unity, but 
he also gave us free will because he didn't want to force us to love him. He didn't want to force us to serve him. And then through that free will, free will was decided and then sin entered the world and suffering entered the world and pain entered the world and sickness entered the world. And like that captivity like entered the world and God allowed for that captivity of his people in Babylon and it passed through God's hands. And like this may be an unpopular opinion, but I've, I mean, I've sat with a lot of pastors and a lot of therapists and a lot of just my own time with the Lord and been like, okay, God, did you or did you not know that I was going to be abused? Like, did you or did you not tell me I was supposed to marry this person? Like, did or did you or did you not, like, like send me those signs that I felt like you sent me that this was my future husband? Did you or did you not hear me when I was screaming for my life? beside the bed in Germany like did you or did you not find me in the streets when I couldn't figure out how to get home and I was running around in the middle of Nepal did you you know and that's dark and it it, it sounds really sad and that's because it is it's, it's really dark those are some of the darkest pieces of my entire life and I have gotten to this point where, yeah, God saw it before I did. He saw the entire scope of it before I did. Do I know if God had, you know, sent me like a sign that I was supposed to marry my ex-husband? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Um, I thought so, but I'm still unpacking that. But God may have allowed for that to pass through, but it wasn't without a purpose that he had on the other side. And that may be really hard for you if you're listening to this and you hear that and you're like, you're like, you know, just completely turned off by what I'm saying right now. Like... (laughs) I could sit here and I could I could say to you all these like lovely things about dreams and be like, yeah, like follow your dreams. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I could say to you right now that could get you to just, you know, be so like light and easygoing as you're like drinking your Starbucks on your way to work. But like, I'm going to be real with you in this space here that like the whole purpose of what was her name was that it's difficult conversations. It's hard topics. It's getting like in the like nitty-gritty of like topics that nobody wants to talk about areas where the church does not want to touch it because they don't want to get their hands in it because it's sticky and it's messy and people don't want to like do the the you know work to truly understand what they believe or they don't want to offend somebody and so they're they're just going to kind of like stand on the edge and and watch people kind of teeter-totter around these lines of abuse you know like and that's why what was her name was created and I really think that's why God put this podcast in my place because he knew that I had a story and he knows that all of you listening have a story and it matters to him and it mattered to him what my name was and it matters to him what your name was and it matters to him every single story and like a God that allows for suffering to pass through his hands, it doesn't mean that, that he created that suffering. And it's free will. In my ex-husband's free will that he was given, he chose pain and suffering. I had the free will to marry him, and I did. I married him. I did, you know. And God gave me this beautiful kid who is kind and intuitive and, and so in, in touch with the Holy Spirit and and funny, you know, and, and wild. And it, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing that God made from that suffering that I experienced. And God knew that every single aspect of that total, just like drenching of like 
sweat that I experienced in all of those years of abuse that he was going to use it. And I just feel like he has used and is using every single drop of it. And me having this calling that was placed on me to create what was her name and to to advocate for women and to advocate for my child and, and to hopefully encourage you to advocate for yours as well, advocate for your story as well, like to build a future for yourself and to cultivate your dreams. Like God knew that I wouldn't be able to do something like this if it hadn't have passed through his hands. And that's a really challenging thing to grasp. And this has taken three years of me to get to this point. So if like you have never, not thought about this before or if you're like new to this concept and you're like, I don't know how I feel about this at all, like totally fine. Like I went back and forth like a quadrillion, quadrillion times. It's not even a, I don't think that's even a number. Quadrillion, is it? I don't know. It's late. Um, I have a sleepy brain, so don't judge me on that one. Math was never my strong subject, but the point is like, God knew that he was going to be able to use me in this area, and he is, and he's using me, and he's not just using me, but it is impacting and making waves. Like, I could never have imagined in that time where I was in utter desperation for God to just drag me from that house and like save me. But now I can resonate in women's pain and misery because I experienced that pain and misery. I can resonate in those deep, dark deserts because I was in the middle of a deep, dark desert with no light. I know what it feels like to feel like you are walking step after step after step and to feel like you haven't walked anywhere but you're just walking in place and you have no headlamp and all you got to do is just keep walking day after day like I have been there and you know that's why you're listening to this it's why you're like here is because like you want to be able to like listen to somebody who gets it it gives you a moment to not just you know numb yourself or or scroll along Instagram but there are parts of you that are disappointed and are grieving the way that life turned out or life looks right now and I wouldn't be able to resonate with that if I hadn't have experienced it as well and God used that pain and he's using it right now and for me like it is a very sticky understanding of God in his heart but I know that God had a good plan and has a good plan for my life and has a good plan for your life as well. And, you know, like, to get back to the scripture, like, God isn't, he's interested in your pain. And what I mean by that is like, you know, while the Jews were in exile, they were not without God. And when they called on him, like, he listened and God wasn't hiding. And I think a lot of us think we have to suffer under this, like, dark sense that God isn't found and, and we're alone. Um, but it is in our seeking and God's revealing that we see this future and this hope for our lives. And God blessed them and allowed his people to come back to his promised land. And I think there are people here who feel like because they're experiencing this pain and suffering, they're like, yeah, God forgot about me and... Like, God is just calling me to just suffer because he just, you know, hates me. And it, it's just, it's, it's not the case. And I want to speak that and declare that over your life right now, that there is more for you and there is more ahead for you. And I never seized in prayer those years of being in that dark place. Like, and that's not to say like, oh, wow, like, what a saint I am because I'm definitely not and I, I, Oh, do I have stories of how I wrestled and, and really struggled with my relationship with God. But I continue to get on my knees and pray and surrender. And it was, it was a daily surrendering. And sometimes it still is. The days where I have to sit my son in a Saturday visitation with somebody who I know is all the things that he should not be around, I get on my knees and I pray and I cry out to God and I believe and I stomp 
stomp, stomp, stomp about it in my life that God has a future and a plan for my life. And he rescued me from Europe and I believe that he is still in the work of orchestrating good plans for my life right now. And there came a point, you know, like where when I moved home, like I was really just distrustful and bitter and resentful and really resentful of God and like of others even. Like I just really struggled. I was just so traumatized and like I had done a lot to just kind of self-destruct. I think internally like I I was having a hard time working through my trauma and I was kind of just living in this like mentality of like you know this is all that there is like I'm just gonna like go to this job I used to have in college and I'll just like go to work day in and day out and like whatever like if someone like chooses to love me despite everything I've been through then like I highly doubt it because like all men are trash and like that's the way I viewed like that's the way I viewed my life and it's sad because it's sad like and there came a point where a good friend of mine I was on a phone call with her and it was like right after I had like I had called her because I was entertaining somebody who like you know was just kind of like I don't know breadcrumbing me along and uh she kind of just said something to me over the phone very casual and like we have a great relationship so like it could have been offensive but it really wasn't because I really needed to hear it and she was like you know he doesn't get to choose who his father is like but you do and that like stayed with me forever because I was like oh my gosh you're right like I can't choose wrong like he doesn't get to choose that like I do you know and so I remember this season where God really he did this pause on like time for me and I'll get more into this in a couple of months like there are some things I want to share with you that I just I haven't been able to share in two years and for legal reasons like haven't been able to share it but want to share and during this time this pause in my life um I started to cultivate and I realize now that life didn't change until I was ready to have an active pursuit of cultivating and nobody did it for me and like nobody's gonna do it for you like I may not have abused myself like I was abused and like I had to heal a lot of brokenness that like my ex-husband you know inflicted on me but like you still have the responsibility to heal and to work through the trauma that has erupted from the abuse. And I just have this funny picture of like how this is for a lot of us. Like imagine you have this house and someone eggs it and they egg it like 40 times a day, every day. And you know, you're like, I'm not going to clean that. Like that's nasty. No thanks. Salmonella, you know? Mm -mm. and um I wouldn't want to clean up like eggs like that's gross and they should clean it because they're the ones who egged it in the first place dummies but then like every day you mean if you don't clean it like your house is going to start to stink like it's going to rot it's going to get moldy it's going to be like slippery and I don't know it's not going to be good and um this just sounds really gross it's making me not like eggs um as I like think about it and I love eggs um anyways my point is that like if you don't clean it, it's going to be real messy, but like someone's got to clean it. Like that person's probably not going to come back up and be like, I'm so sorry. I egged your house. I'm going to clean it for you. Like, no, um, you got to clean it. And I think a lot of us like had our houses egged 40 times a day. And now we got to clean up the mess. And we're like, this is not fun. This is like really sticky and messy and gross. And, and it's hard. 
it's not easy, but nobody's going to do it for us. And it's brutal. Like I recognize that because I have been an imminent currently still in therapy, still cleaning up the mess that I did not make. But I do want to share some practical ways in which I cultivated and am cultivating my dreams now. Um, First things first is finding your why. For me, it's my kid. That's my why. Like, that's why I got sick and tired of my crap. Because I was like, what is my why? It's, it's my kid. My kid doesn't get to choose the, you know, dad that he has one day. My kid doesn't get to choose the life that he has, like, as he's growing up. I mean, like, I'm going to choose that for him. I'm going to cultivate that for him. And what do I want that to look like? And... What is your why? Why are you listening to this right now? What are you unhappy about? Is it really that you need a new job? Is it really that you need to go back to school? Or is it that you maybe just are not satisfied in what created you? I don't know. Or maybe you do. Maybe you do need a new job and you need to like go back to school. I don't know. I don't have the answers. But what is going to drive you in those moments when things get dark is everything because you're not quite out of the darkness yet you're just not while you may feel amped by this episode and you're like yeah dreams i'm gonna cultivate them like i'm gonna make a list i'm gonna you know like it's dark and you're still walking step by step by step by step and like that's tough because like it's gonna feel dark and you need to be able to kind of gather your why and know your why and ask yourself what that is and write it down like sticky note it on your mirror I don't know do what you need to do tattoo it I I don't know like but waking up to that why every day for me was something that really helped me and for me in this in this pause in my life um I really had to take care of myself and I had, I had the time to take care of myself. I think it's harder to take care of yourself when you don't have the time and you're like just having a really wild routine and you just like can't find like the time to even like drink your coffee warm. You have to like keep putting it in the microwave like three times in like an hour. Um, but what does your self-care look like? Like, honestly, I feel like a lot of people listening are like non-existent girl. Like, yeah. I get it, but do you even recognize what self-care looks like for yourself, like, and how much of an impact that makes? Like, I can't even tell you how many times I complain to Brayden, and I'm like, oh, like, my stomach hurts, or like, I'm just, like, feeling really tired, and I'm just, like, tired, and just, like, don't feel good, and then, like, he's like, how much water did you drink today? I'm like, water? I've drank three cups of coffee, like, and he's like, Maya, that's where your stomach hurts, and I'm like, okay. Um, you know, I'm not drinking any water. So why am I expecting, like, of course my stomach's going to hurt and I feel really tired. I'm dehydrated. Um, (laughs) you guys can hear my like loopiness coming out as I'm getting more tired. My point in this is that you listening, you can't expect for yourself to have like this, these outcomes of like, oh, I really wish my life would look like this. I really wish like, you know, I just would like really be fit and like feel more confident in like what I wear and, and, and how like I, you know, feel about my body or I really wish that like I just, you know, was more successful. Like if you're not like daily caring for yourself, I don't know how we expect to like have another outcome. And instead we're just sitting there complaining like I am about how tired I feel because I'm dehydrated because I haven't drank any water. So what does your self-care look like? For me, my like, my like consistent self-care is yoga, sleeping a solid seven hours a night at least, walking at least two to three times a week, sunlight's huge. I do a face mask. I like try at least once or twice a week and I eat almost all my foods are whole and I barely drink any coffee. I drink, I don't really drink three cups a day, guys. I drink one cup. I used to drink three cups a day until I realized that was why my anxiety was so bad. I stopped drinking coffee for this fast I did and then 
I, my anxiety went away crazy. <laughs> it's like caffeine does something to you. Who would have thought? Um, and the way that I kick started this self-care was I did something. It's called the Daniels Fast. If you don't know what that is, Google it. If not, I can explain it to you really quick. We're already going on a long episode. Somehow I've babbled for the last hour and here we are. So the Daniels Fast is where you eat only fruits and vegetables. You can eat also like legumes and you can do like nut butters and um, basically like sugars, meat, caffeine, alcohol, all off limits, can't have it. And you do it for 30 days. This has changed my life. I do this once a year for 30 days. And sometimes I do it more than that. And I do it for spiritual reasons, but you can do it also just to, you know, clear your head, to get reset and kickstart that maybe you want to have better eating habits or you want to figure out if maybe that anxiety is coming from caffeine and you're better with like a, like a black or white. And you're like, Hey, I just got to like take it all out or none. Cause I know I'm going to drink a second cup of coffee. Like whatever it is, I recommend it, doing it for 30 days. If you can do it for 30 days and include some sort of like exercise and, you know, journaling or something like this, like I journal as well every day, that's something I didn't mention, Um, but that's something more recently I've started doing. Um, It's going to help you tremendously. And like, is that like, cultivating your dreams is you're like maybe how does this help why is this important it's important because like you need to believe in yourself again and like if you're not caring for yourself and you're not taking care of yourself it kind of makes me question how much you really value yourself that was deep the next thing therapy if you're not in therapy you need to get in therapy like it is worth the time that it may take it is worth carving out something in your schedule, figuring out if you need to do it from Zoom. It is worth looking up if there are people who do it and who have some sort of like financial program. Like it is worth it because like if you can find a solid therapist in your area or you, you know, nowadays you can even do it online and like find somebody in another space, like in, you know, a completely different um, country at one point. I don't know if that was legal, but um, we saw one in from Australia to to Germany and she helped me and she was actually the person who helped me get out um you can't make excuses for why you know that therapy is good but you just don't do it like there comes a point where it's like no one's going to do it for you except for you and a lot of that trap trauma it can be released I think through God but I also think it can be released through somebody who has done the schooling to be able to help you release it in a healthy way that's not re-traumatizing yourself uh this is something that is actually really big to me and it's called a daily cultivating you may be wondering what that means i'm gonna explain it to you i have always wanted to own a coffee shop it is my dream i would love to own one one day i don't even know how to make an espresso like an espresso or like a latte like I have no idea but like I want to own a coffee shop and I want to decorate it and and make it really cozy and like cute and like have like live music and I have all these dreams and um I I have like I can't like afford that right now you guys (laughs) cannot afford that you know I get like some days I'm like should I really buy this like five dollar cup of coffee like I really can't afford that like I also really need that cup of coffee because I really need coffee or I really need like it's my self-care coffee um all that, partially joking, partially not, um, all that being said, when I am having a difficult time with life and coping, I will go and I, like, will force myself to go somewhere and get a mug, and you're like, what, a mug? Yes, a mug. I'll, I'll go to, like, an antique store, I went to Target, and I can't afford a coffee shop, but I can afford that $5 mug and I will get that mug. And I literally, you guys, I I wish I could take a picture of this. I have them and show you right now. I have them sitting above my TV. (laughs) I just have all these mugs sitting up there and I have them there because it reminds me that I am worth the daily cultivating. My dreams are worth a daily cultivating. And you may not be able to afford that 
home that you've always dreamed of having, but maybe you can afford a frame. <laughs> so go get yourself a nice frame. Go get yourself, you may not be able to afford a home on your own and you're still living with your parents. Go get yourself a, go buy a piece of art and go stick it on your wall and be like, this is like for my future home. And like, I'm going to like start now cultivating, like cultivate your dreams and cultivate it daily. And I don't go and buy a mug every single day because I really couldn't afford a coffee shop, but I, I believe in myself daily. I believe in my dreams daily. And when I recognize like I'm feeling kind of in the trenches and I'm like, I don't know, like here I am walking step by step. Am I getting anywhere? Maybe, maybe not. I go and I get a mug and I cultivate and asking yourself, what is God's dream for you? You may be hearing that and you're like, I don't need to know what God's dream is. I have a dream. I don't believe in God, but it's nice of you to say that. Like, no, really, I'm, I'm really mean that because I didn't, like, my dreams before God and after God are very different. Those are two very different things. And if I had become a, like, I wanted to be a radiologist. So if I had to become a radiologist and I, like, you know, maybe I'd make a lot of money and I'd be, like, living the life right now in a big home. I don't know. But that wasn't my calling. Like, like I would have probably hated my job. I don't want to be a radiologist. I want to own a coffee shop. I want to have a podcast and I want to write and I want to like write about people's stories. And I like, I want to do that, you know, and that's my dream, but that dream didn't come without suffering. And that dream sure as heck didn't come without God. So I want to ask you, what is God's dream for you? And if you don't know, and you're like, how do I know what God's dream is for my life? Like, what are the passions that you have in your heart? ask yourself like what am I passionate about like what gets me excited not like what makes the most money what feels most safe what would my parents be like most happy if I did or what what have I like studied for x amount of years and I just like think this is like you know I'm stuck here like I did four years of like occupational therapy school and this is where I'm at like no what gets you excited and like I believe that the things that I feel passionate about now my real dreams have always been there they definitely have grown and expanded into like, you know, I want to write for a community. I've always loved to write since I was a kid, but now I want to write for a domestic abuse community. That's changed because of my life experiences. But looking at what gets you excited about life and honing in there, but also asking God, like, God, what's your dream for me? He gives you free will to pursue your dreams. But he also places passions inside and, and you can just take a minute of your time after this is done and sit with God and be like, I want you to plant your desires in my heart, God. Like, that's it. That's all you gotta say. God, plant your desires in my heart. Plant your dreams in my heart and get me excited about them. And I promise you, he will. Because I prayed that prayer when I was in missionary school and he did. And it didn't turn out the way that I thought <laughs> at all. And the enemy definitely tried to rob that future. And he's still trying to rob it today. But there is a hope and there is a future. And I will continue to stomp about it. You know, I heard someone say, if it's possible, it's probably not God. When I first heard that, I was like, hmm, don't know how I feel about that. Because, like, are we, like, we can't just be, like, walking around being, like, unwise. But, like, I, I think what I what I gathered after really thinking about that phrase and, and even just growing as time went on, like if I'm just playing it safe all the time and I'm like, ah, I think this is attainable, but like this dream is definitely not attainable. Like then I would never own a coffee shop. Like I would never have started a podcast because I'd be like, I don't have a mic. I don't have a, a studio. I, I, I don't know anybody who has a podcast about domestic abuse or who's going to listen to a podcast about domestic abuse. Like, I have no idea how to start one. And like, that doesn't feel possible. I'm not going to do it. But when God gave me the dream and I had like a literal dream of what was her name and of this podcast and all of these stories of women's names, just like name after name after name. And I heard when I woke up, what was her name so clearly? I remember sitting there being like, all right, like God, you've planted the dreams in my heart and I will follow through. And I did. And 
here we are, like, this podcast is being listened to in 26 countries. Like, that is wild. And, you know, it, like, people are like, you should create a TikTok. And I'm like, I don't even know what TikTok really is. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to create one. And I, for like a year, I was like, I don't need one. And then people kept messaging me and being like, people are going to find your story on TikTok more than they will on Instagram. And people will find the podcast more. And, um, you know, my TikTok has only been up for a couple of months and it's already at 50K. And it's not because it's about like a number and I'm like, oh, this just have to attain this number. But it's the fact that like that has then led to an increase in people listening to this podcast that has increased to people listening to um, these stories of abuse that has increased in women who have reached out to me saying that they left, that has increased to women experiencing abuse, realizing that they experienced abuse, to not feeling alone, to realizing that they have a hope in a future today as they're listening to this podcast. I mean, it, it is like one off of the other and it wasn't possible. When God gave me that dream, it was not possible. So I think that what I'm trying to get at to you guys is like dream a little bigger. Like I feel that right now, like dream a little bigger than what you've got right now. God is the impractical dreamer. And there's like no such thing as like a practical God. And I believe that that's why we as kids, we're so innocent and, and like unscathed by life that we can just tap into this like imaginative, like impracticality of dreams. And I think God designed us like that. Like, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's why kids are so like hopeful all the time. And I guess the question is, how can you come back to that? How can you come to terms with where you're at and where do you need to grieve right now? Do you need to grieve what you thought that life would be like while simultaneously surrendering it and allowing that impracticality again? Maybe, yeah. There is a story in your story and it is not over. Do not allow for Satan to rob you of your future. And don't be that like 54-year-old bitter woman that's life didn't happen the way that she thought it would. So she's just going to sit on the couch and like watch reruns and be like, oh, back in the good days, you know, before this happened or oh, like, you know, wait till you get older. It's just, you know, downhill from here. Like, you know, don't, don't be that person. Like, there is so much ahead. And if you are that person, like if you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, that's me. Like, that doesn't have to be you. Stomp about it in your life. Celebrate your small victories. Recognize your value and your worth. And if you are not doing self-care, ask yourself, am I really valuing my worth? Do I really know my self-worth if I am not even willing to take care of myself ask yourself today like what went right today this is something that is gonna close this up and close up this episode but I heard a pastor talk about this on an episode I was listening to of Sadie Robertson Huff and he gave this one tip of advice that has never left me. I do it every single day. I journal about it every day too. And it is like, you know, especially I think when you're going through these valleys, like it's really easy to be like, ugh, like, you know, this didn't go right. And like this, this person, this lawyer emailed me this and my ex did this. And oh, it's just, you know, oh, and it's just like, you're so bitter and angry. But like what went right today? And there are days where I'm like, literally like I have to sit here and I'm like okay what went right today like uh you know my mom took my kid to daycare like that's what went that's what went right today my coffee was hot like that went right today and I force myself to look at the things that are going right and I do it every single day and it is changing me and changing my mindset and I think in order to cultivate your dreams you need to be able to be optimistic. And if you're not optimistic, I don't really know how far you're going to get in dream building when you are feeling bitter and hopeless. And 
asking yourself and challenging yourself to three things. Whenever you're having a really difficult day or you're feeling really negative and you're like really just frustrated with life, just like sit there and be like, all right, time out. Three things. What are my three things? Okay. And then just say them and, and, you know, train your mind to be optimistic. Keep track of the voice in your head that's telling you why even try because I guarantee you you're gonna get off this episode and you may feel amped right now you may not you maybe feel like okay like I learned nothing hopefully not but if you feel like amped and you're like yeah this was good like I I'm gonna cultivate my dreams you know and then be prepared for that voice to come in that says like, why even try like why even try doesn't attain to you you're just gonna be like your family you're going to turn out like your mom or you know you everyone's right about you everyone always leaves you um you really think you know you're gonna someone's gonna love you after what you've been through like keep track of this voice and recognize that that voice is not going to like disappear but you are able to stomp about it and stomp about the fact that God has good plans and a hope and a future for your life and continue to stomp about it every single time that that voice reappears and don't give it any room do not give the enemy any room to rob your future because he would love nothing more than to rob it you guys I can't I don't even know this whole episode like we've been talking for an hour I've been talking for an hour you've been listening for an hour And I should have been in bed an hour ago, but I could not not record this episode. So if this has impacted you, let me know. If what was her name has impacted you, let me know. Like, you know, it's really refreshing to be able to like be on here and just like kind of talk to you, even though I'm talking and you're just listening. I feel like you're here as well in some odd way. That sounds so weird. I need to go to bed. All that I'm trying to say here is that it feels good to be able to just like be myself and come on and and talk about something that's equipping and encouraging and I hope that this reaches somebody. I hope that it impacts your heart and if you need prayer, let me know. I'd love to pray for you. Um, If you are going through something really hard right now, know that I'm standing with you. I may not even know you. I may not even know your personal story, but like I know what it's like to be in the suffering and to feel like it's never ending, but I also know what it's like to live out where God is orchestrating good things from the pain and the suffering. And I believe that for you. If you've not seen that yet, I believe it in your life and I am stomping about it in my life and I am stomping about it in your life and you better as heck be stomping about it in your life after this episode. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please rate this on the podcast on Spotify. And then you can also go on Apple Podcast and you can rate it and also write a review. These reviews increase the likelihood that other people are going to see this podcast and then also gives them insight into what they're being impacted by, by hearing what other people are impacted by. All right, guys, thanks again, and we will see you next Thursday.